How many of you moms out there have ever felt like you have had to go to bat for your child? You felt like something needed to happen, and even though other people are telling you other things, you had to put your foot down and fight for that. If you've ever felt that way, you'll love today's interview with Sabrina DeWitt. Stay tuned and listen to her amazing story. Welcome to the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast, a show that lifts, encourages, supports, and educates mothers to do their best in their awesome responsibility to raise, teach, and champion the rising generation. Join us as we talk to and answer questions from mothers nationwide about the challenges, heartbreaks, joys, and lessons learned from one mother to another. Hello, our guest today is Sabrina Wisher DeWitt, who is the founder of Michaela's Miracles and Blessings Foundation, a nonprofit organization that serves special needs children and adults by providing resources to improve their quality of life. About two months after her first child, Michaela, was born, she was diagnosed with Acardi syndrome. Sabrina was told to live with the expectation that Michaela would never walk or talk, have a day without seizures, or live past the age of one. When Sabrina was able to move from her grief and feeling overwhelmed, she decided, no, this is not going to happen. And her perspective of no giving up was born. She is the mother of four amazing kids, Michaela, Hunter, Audrey, and Steele. She was named as the 2014 Montana Mother of the Year. She has been serving on the American Mothers National Board for seven years and is now serving as second vice president. Sabrina, we are so happy to have you with us today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's an honor. It's an honor to know you. We've been friends, what, seven or eight years now, and you have impacted my life tremendously. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot going to make me cry already and I haven't even started. <laughs> <laughs> well, would love to have you tell us about your journey with Michaela and how you handled it. I'm going to start with the only reason, truly reason I think I've gotten this far is God. That's my faith. That's just how it's happened. But I was 21 when I had Michaela and she was diagnosed at the age of two and a half months. I was married at the time, but um, there was, we were young and it was just too much for us both to handle. Also her biological father was diagnosed with lupus. So you have these two young people with, and then it just wasn't how I had it planned. We unfortunately ended up in a divorce and I became a single mom with Michaela. And yes, they told me that she would never walk, talk, and I wasn't sure how long I was going to have her. Well, when that neurologist gave me all that information, gave me a stack of papers, I just remember the day because I just threw them in the garbage because that wasn't my daughter. That's just what they had researched. And so I just took from then on and I just said, we're going to do what we're going to do to make Michaela who she is. I think my drive and definitely was, is Michaela, I wanted to prove people wrong. If that makes sense. Cause I'm mm -hmm. kind of honoring kind of <laughs> stubborn voice. And I, I did, I wanted to show these people that, you know what, I'm going to show you that my daughter's going to do this. So as a single mom, it was the physical therapies, the doctor's appointments, a lot of disappointments, a lot of disappointments, because as I told you, Michaela's never spoken. She's tube fed. We have seizures daily. 
she doesn't walk, she doesn't talk, but she is positively beautiful and she speaks through her eyes. It was a fight and a struggle for if I wanted a stand or if I wanted a wheelchair, if I wanted therapy, it was a fight every single time. I felt like it, nothing ever came easy. And so that walk was, it was difficult, but I wasn't going to give up. You know, God just kept pushing me on. And there was a time where I was really mad at God or what did I do wrong? Did I, I was, how do I explain this? I wasn't a bad kid, but I just, I didn't have the parents to guide me to make the right choices. So I thought, okay, I did something wrong. I did some, and this was my fault, but it wasn't my fault. And it wasn't Michaela's biological dad's fault. So when Michaela turned 18, like I said, Michaela was having seizures daily. And they turned into grand mal seizures where she, I'd wake up and she'd be stuck in a bed and her head would be hanging out. And so I needed a bed and it's called a sleep safe bed. Once again, I had to go for that fight. Well, this time the state of Montana, the Medicaid said no. And then my girlfriend, she was always my helper that helped me get on Michaela's needs and everything to the medical world. She goes, well, Sabrina, they denied us. What do you want to do? I'm like, let's go at it again. So we went up against the state four times. And each time they denied us. And it was quite, quite funny because every time we'd go into this room, I could choose and tell you who was going to be against us. And by the last time we went, I made a stink. I wrote to every representative, every congressman, every senator. I even wrote, I think it was Obama at the time. I even wrote to him <laughs> because I was just mad because it was a bed and that's all I wanted. And when the woman across the table looked at me and said, Sabrina, you just need to take a mattress and put Michaela on the floor. She's not an animal. Um, then I was, and it was quite funny because Michaela can feed off me. And so she likes to scream and get her point across or laugh. Well, I'm getting upset because I'm not going to lie. I might have wanted to choke the woman, but <laughs> Michaela's laughing at me. But you know what? It was just another way of God's you know, he was my source. I had a bigger source and those attorneys and everybody against me, it was almost the jokes on them because, so I left there, lost again. That next week I had a friend come to me and say, Hey, Sabrina, let's raise the money for the bed. It was a $9,000 bed. Oof. We raised the money, we raised $26,000 in six weeks. And the company was so moved by my story that they donated a bed to me and blessed wow. us with the bed. I was a single mom and I'm like, I've walked that hard walk. I've struggled. I fought. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take that money and I'm going to pay it forward. I'm not going to use it. I will just do it to, to help other kids because there's got to be another Michaela out there. And so that's what I did is I took that money. And so the joke's kind of on them because if I saw him again or met him, you know, I'd just say thank you because them saying no, well, it was a big fat yes. For me, because now that one bed has now helped me help other families. With Michaela growing each and every day and not being able to say one word, she's never spoke a word. The amount of people she's touched and what she's taught me is, like I said, I can't go to school for what I'm doing. And I give all the credit to Michaela. I'm just the mouthy one that gets to say what Michaela wants me to say. And I'm her advocate. You know, I... I don't know, call me a mama bear. I hear stories about people like don't mess with Sabri Michaela's mom, but <laughs> it's not that I'm ornery or that, but I want what's best for my daughter. As simple as 
graduation, high school graduation. She paid her dues. We went to school. We went to the IEP meetings and they wanted to give her a ceremony in her classroom. No, it's not going to happen. I want my daughter up on that stage. Then the other parents come along and you know what? It was the best thing of that whole graduation to see these four amazing students that all these per se normal kids have gone to school with. So it's just the simple things. Yes, Michaela's handicapped, but I don't treat her handicapped. I have three other amazing kids. I treat her just as well. And it's other people that have a harder time with Michaela not being able to talk. I mean, trust me, she talks. <laughs> she gets her point across really well. Um, as it's moved on, has it been a struggle? Absolutely. Absolutely. It has. Have I wanted to throw in the towel? Absolutely. But I wouldn't change it for nothing. And I'd do it all over again in a heartbeat. You know, um, me explaining this in the fast 10, 15 minutes, there's so much more, but I have a lot of bad days, but you know what? It's, I look back and they're not bad days. They were days I learned. They were challenges I learned from. Um, would I want to go through them again? Probably not, <laughs> but it's made me who I am. When I did get mother of the year for the state of Montana with the governor nominated me, I was like, well, I, I didn't, I was a mom. That's all I wanted. I just wanted a bed for my daughter. I always tell people now is that everyone needs a Sabrina in their life because I didn't have a Sabrina. And maybe if I had a Sabrina, it would have been a little easier because I like to kind of do things myself. My parents split up at the age of 16, so I was always handling it myself. I never had that motherly figure until I come into this American Mothers is like, now I got a whole bunch of moms to guide <laughs> me along the way. And there's been a certain few, certain someones that have really taken me under their wings to know that Sabrina pat on the back a good job or how did you do it? I just did it. I didn't think there was a choice. And people tell me there is a choice, but in my mind, there's not a choice because I have this beautiful soul right in front of me. And I believe that there was a purpose that God blessed her with me. And she's a world changer. She really is. I just love to pull on one of the things that you commented on there that I think is so, so applicable to each of us. So many times we're going down a road and a door just gets slammed in our face. And we, we might be wailing and pounding on that door. No, no, I need this. Just like you wanted that bed for Michaela. When it's like God is opening another door down the hall and to the right. And we're sitting there pounding on the door. This is where I want to go. This is where I want to go. And he's just like, just try, try this next door and look at what it opened to you. It opened such a beautiful opportunity for you to bless and help other families in similar situations. So sometimes a closed door isn't the end of the world. And I think that's a good principle for us to apply as mothers. I know that as a a mother of special need kids myself, I felt that way too, that there's certain doors that have been closed to me. And I'm like, why? But it, my better path was down the hall and to the right. Do you know what I mean? So don't give up right. <laughs> and don't yeah. feel discouraged. I guess you can feel that way because we all do. And it's yeah. normal to feel that way, but yeah. just keep going and trust that the right path will open up. Absolutely. His plan's always bigger. Yes. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I like is what Michaela was able to graduate and the impact it had on the other students I'm sure was greater than anybody has any idea will be in their lives that she and these other kids overcame so much to be where they were I just think down the road it will have such an impact on their lives and if they have any children who might have issues 
they can use Michaela as an example and you of course yeah. absolutely I think a lot of the kids that's what they remember about it these big old football players got her up there on the stage with her wheelchair and she stood up out of her wheelchair that's uh, all I wanted that's all I wanted and she did it oh yeah. that image right there just touches my heart so much <laughs> yeah. what an amazing example that is that's beautiful that's beautiful all right we're going to take a quick break but when we get right back we're going to talk to sabrina a little bit more about how having michaela in their life impacted her family and what other mothers can learn from this amazing experience this podcast is brought to you by american mothers incorporated an organization that has been educating serving and honoring mothers since 1935. Our vision is that every mother will recognize and share her innate abilities to elevate others and future generations. Sabrina, you are a great example of a mother who has found her natural abilities and used them to help others. Thanks for emulating the goal and vision of American mothers. Coming from her, that's like, right there in your heart. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's segue into how Kayla blessed your other children and what other mothers can draw from some of the lessons you learned along your bumpy road. So I can explain a little bit about, so I do, I have four kids. Hunter is my biological. I had two other children. They're my, actually my stepchildren. And I had them since they were three and four. So they've become mine. In my world, there are no steps, only steps coming into my house. <laughs> um, I tell them all the time, they gave me gray hair. They didn't give me stretch marks. Um, so they're my kids because their mom kind of disappeared. So that being said is I love the fact how those two had, I mean, they just, we, they just, how do I put this? So nothing was handicapped, if that makes sense. When we, as a family, we went four-wheeling, we went camping, we went hunting, we went fishing. Anywhere we went, they would go. So my son, Steele, my oldest son, he wrestled. Michaela was right there, and the, everyone rallied around him. I can tell you times where Michaela likes to be vocal and scream. I come in one day, and there's like a toy bucket over Michaela's head. I'm like, what are you doing, Steele? <laughs> she wouldn't be quiet. If that's just not as normal as normal can get. My son, Hunter, he's my gift. And they're all my gift. But Hunter, there was just something very unique from a child. And wherever we went, he had to sit on her lap. He wanted to ride on her lap. But Michaela didn't like him when he was born. Because she's center of attention. And here along comes this baby. And so I have so many pictures of where I lay in the Hunter on her chest. And she's trying to get as far away as she can. But their bond, jump forward through high school, he would come get his sister. Him and his friends would go to the movie. And we're talking 16, 17-year-old boys to the movie, to lunch. Then, of course, the girls jumped in. And there was days where there would be a Saturday and they would all take Michaela. Or for Michaela's birthday, they were there. And I believe Michaela taught them the unconditional love. Um, now, Hunter, my son, his biggest thing, he loves Jesus. He wants to tell everybody about Jesus. And his unconditional love of his ministry, his love in others is just so amazing. And it's nothing for him to take Michaela anywhere. He'll, and there's just to the movie, and there's just not a lot of people out there, young men, especially, 
to just take in that. And he does everything. He watches her. He does everything for me. But what I try to do, my biggest thing is with a handicapped child is I don't want to force her on them. I didn't want them to come grow to not, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but not to, you know, oh, well, I got Michaela again, or no, we can't do that because of Michaela. So that was my biggest thing as the kids grew up is as easy as it could have been to say, hey, watch your sister. I got to do this. Or, hey, can you get this? Or can you get a diaper? Can you do this? I didn't want to do that, you know, and my oldest daughter, Audrey, she is my little replica. When it comes to Michaela, I could say, Audrey, I'm going away for two days. You have your sister. And I wouldn't even blink an eye. I'd been at convention when we're in DC and Michaela's in Montana having multiple seizures and my daughter's taking care of her, Audrey. So the love that they have for Michaela is amazing. My son that lives in Oregon, he's a bachelor. The only picture on his wall is Michaela. So they're very proud of her at the graduation. They were front and center, and that's my sister. They're wonderful with other children with special needs. Hunter, he coached basketball. He coached skiing, and he's right there with my foundation now. I bless a lot of kids with special needs. He is right there, and the kids just rally around him, and Hunter's just got, got this gift. But And my other kids, they would want to come with with the Special Olympics because they got to go skiing. They would Mm -hmm. go skiing with them and do whatever they want. And so I believe what Michaela has taught my children is unconditional love. And I believe that what Michaela has taught other people around me, it's great when I see grown men, is the unconditional love and acceptance. And Mm -hmm. it's just crazy because there's no words, but I just believe it's, you know, God's using her and to touch people. And no, it's okay. And her smile is so infectious. And her giggle and her laugh is just in like, she's just telling you something. If she could talk, I'm sure she'd have a lot to say. But it's the most important thing I'm going to say is unconditional love. If anything, and that's how I've raised my other two children, is unconditional love. Oh, they didn't make the right choices. But I still love them no matter what. Mm. So that's what I believe Michaela's done for my kids. And they've learned to grow and accept and love other people. They truly have. Mm. I love that. I love a couple of other things that you mentioned that I think we can pull out and apply to our lives. That sometimes we have children who have struggles, who have challenges, and you didn't let that hold you back. That you still went on and you went camping. You guys did the things that you wanted to do. You didn't let the disability hold you back from doing things that you enjoyed and finding probably creative ways to take her camping. I'm sure it wasn't like as easy as just a typical family. You had to kind of think outside the box and stuff like that. I love that you incorporate that and that you exemplify that as a mom, that sometimes the challenges we have may not be just plain to figure out. We may have to brainstorm and figure out how to do it outside the box, but it is possible. And and I love also, and I think my kids have learned that as well, having brothers with special needs, is you do. It's taught them to just love all people where they are. Right. And I think that's that's a beautiful, beautiful lesson to learn and so needed in today's world, right? Oh, definitely. We have this thing called, is it Michaela friendly? So wherever we're going to go or people want to go, is it Michaela friendly? When it goes back to when I fly with her. I have so many people like, Rena, how do you do it? And I'll fly alone with her. 
And you know what? I do it. I mean, it's hard. I'm not going to lie about that, but you just do it because I'm not like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stay back. And it's funny because you see me, you see her, or it just, wherever I go, her and I are together 24 seven. I don't have a caretaker. She works with me. My husband and I, we call date night is a threesome. <laughs> so date nights <laughs> with Michaela, you know, but it's, you know, I'm blessed to have a husband that has embraced that, you know, so we do, we have date night and she goes with us, but, and it's, it's okay. But some people I think are afraid, like Michaela on the airplane, she has seizures. You know, I've been in the airport where I got to figure out a way to change your diaper, but you just got to do it. I mean, cause if you're afraid, then everybody misses out the way I look at it. Hmm. And hmm. I'm always up for a good challenge. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I'll make it Michaela friendly. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Michaela has blessed so many lives, Serena. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm a recipient of that. And when you came to our local university and presented, you know how well your message was taken and accepted and appreciated by the the people at the university. She slept through the whole thing, which she usually yeah. doesn't do. I was really surprised. She slept through the whole presentation. She did. The moment I got on stage, she went right to sleep. Yeah, yeah. and that was priceless. But yeah. they didn't get to see her as her real self because I don't see her sleeping very often. No, no she doesn't. <laughs> no, she does not. She likes to be center of attention when she wants. To. It's all on her timing. And that's why I laugh at her because she knows exactly what she's doing. And it's, it's funny she she did it to me another time we went to to give our story a presentation the moment I got up there she was asleep mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I worked hard mom you go ahead so, yeah. so let me ask you this there's moms who are struggling out there with maybe not maybe their kid doesn't have like the physical disabilities or challenges that Michaela has what advice would you give to them if their child has a learning disability or perhaps anxiety or struggles with depression, what advice would you give to moms who have children who are struggling? I personally believe that every child is different. And every child, from my experiences with Michaela, I was her voice. I was her advocate. I had to make sure Michaela, what she needed, I had to fight for. And I, I just believe you need to keep going forward and fight for your child. Because like one person can say, well, I think this is best for Michaela. Well, no, Michaela's not benefiting from it. So no, that's not right. But I think some people like, okay, well, you're the expert. I'm just the mom. You as the mom are the expert. Mm. You know your child. You think about the doctors, as many patients as they're just going, okay, you are. But you, the mom, are the expert. And you know your child best. So I don't lay easy until I know Michaela's happy or Michaela's getting what Michaela's supposed to get. For example, we're trying to switch toys because she can't communicate. To, for her to communicate, Michaela didn't want to push the buttons. She wanted to turn it over and scratch on the back of it. Mm. I had a speech therapist so on me that she just, Sabrina, you know, your daughter and marking the checks. I could see her marking the boxes, tell, wanting to tell me that Michaela didn't do this, Michaela didn't that. And I was like, you know what? That's just not what she wants to do. Michaela eye gazes. She wants this or she wants that. And that's how she communicates to me. Mm. But that expert wasn't taking the time to figure it out. I'm the expert. So Mm. if I can say anything to any mom, you're the expert. Mm. You know what your kid wants best. 
And I think often we we second guess ourselves when we're dealing with people who have degrees. We're like, oh, well, maybe they know best. But I love that you say, empower yourself. Mamas, you know your kid, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fight Definitely. for them. You know what's best. Yeah. And don't be afraid to fight for it. And, and sometimes approaching, especially um, IEP meetings or 504 meetings or whatever meetings you go to, especially in a school setting, is intimidating when it's you and then like 10 other people in the room who are all in the school. And so some advice I would give is take a friend with you so that you're not sitting by yourself because sometimes it is super intimidating to just be you and all those people. They don't know your child. Like I said, they're checking the box. They're going off of a piece of paper. And unfortunately I had to go by myself because Mm -hmm. I was a single mom. Mm -hmm. You're exactly right. It is intimidating, but they honestly, they don't know your child like you do because what's a normal day every day is different i mean <laughs> every day is different and i laugh at people. i laugh at people i have a huge great report relationship with my doctor i'm very very blessed but i've seen other doctors and they try to tell me send me home but they don't walk in my shoes they have no idea what it's like when i walk out of the room and honestly they don't care i mean they care but they don't you know your kids so don't back down Deanne, do you want to comment on any of that? No, I just love listening to Sabrina. (laughs) I love listening to her too. She's amazing. (laughs) I really agree with her that you are the expert. You are the mom. Grandma might have some great ideas, but she's not the mom. I remember I had an issue with one of my children. I tried everything. I prayed about it and tried to figure out what I could do to help her feel comfortable where she was. And it was a challenge. Finally, I decided I just need to back off and let her be who she is, help her feel comfortable with who she is. I realized the way to handle her was if she did something wrong, I would say, okay, I need to think about this. We'll talk later. There was no way that she was ready to talk to me about any of the issues that she was going through at the time. But everybody else is saying, no, you need to do this. You need to discipline or you need to do this. I go, "Uh, that doesn't work in this case. Thank you for your input. But (laughs) I'm the mom. I'm going to deal with her. She called me and says, mom, did I do this and this and this? I go, yes, you did. She goes, oh, (laughs) they've labeled that now. How did you know how to do what you did? And I go, I prayed about it. And I'm the mom. I did what I felt I needed to do as your mother to help you grow. So you're absolutely right. You are the expert. You know your child. And you have that mom intuition or that mom feeling what is best for your child. So I'm totally behind that one, Sabrina. Thank you. <laughs> Sabrina, do you have an icebreaker mothering moment or mothering mishap you could share with us really quick? I'm going to say one of my very special moments with Michaela is when we were baptized together. And I'm going to say it was probably one of the most, I was going to a church and I'd been in church forever in a day and they wouldn't accept Michaela because I was a single mom. So then I went to this church and they baptized us together. That was probably my most special moment. But I have a lot of special moments with Michaela. (laughs) Her graduation, my biggest day ever. And when she turned 30, that was even better. (laughs) Because they said she never would. 
That's wonderful. Thank you, Sabrina. Thank you. If any of you have been inspired by Sabrina's stories and wish to know more about her foundation, you can find out more at MichaelasMiracles.com. And you spell Michaela M-I-K-A-Y-L-A-S and then miracles, MichaelasMiracles.com. Donnie Yasser, 2021 Mother of the Year from New Jersey, shared one of her special mothering moments. There are so many stories about silly moments and great achievements, she says. This isn't so much a story as a moment. When my daughter, our oldest, was inducted into the National Honor Society, she had to name someone who was an inspiration. She made me cry by choosing her little brother, our youngest. She cited his hard work in trying to overcome the social, speech, and academic difficulties caused by his autism. It was then I knew that I had succeeded in the lesson my mother had taught me. My kids truly loved each other. Did you know you can nominate that special mother as mother of the year? American Mothers accepts nomination from Mother's Day through September 15th. American Mothers has been honoring mothers since 1935. Now's the time to honor that special mom in your life. For more information or to submit a nomination, go to www.americanmothers.org nominate. Thank you so much for joining us as we have talked to Sabrina today. It has been an honor to have her on the show. And join us next week where we are going to be answering one of your questions about traveling with children, which can always be an adventure. So stay tuned for those tips, lessons, and tricks shared from one mom to another. My name is Shana Smith, and I am from the great state of Tennessee. My big kids made me realize how hard life can be. And that kids aren't supposed to have to be resilient. They are, and they're amazing at it, but they shouldn't have to be. Before I was a mom, I was the best parent ever. I could give any mom the best advice. I was like, just feed them and they'll lay down. You just tell them what they're gonna do. And then I had kids and my oldest was two and a half when she came to us. So we were right in the middle of no kids to like toddler years. And I didn't know at the time because when we took custody of her, we didn't get all this information about like, trauma-informed parenting and attachment. They're like, here's a kid. Good luck. And so we've learned that trauma is a big thing and that you have to parent that differently. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you like what you heard, subscribe so you can get your weekly dose of mom-to-mom -mom encouragement. We understand that being a mother can be overwhelming, but we hope that you found something useful you can apply to your own life. We invite you to share this episode with a friend who might also enjoy the message. The mission of American Mothers is to support mothers, empowering them to positively impact their families and communities. We want each one of you to discover and share your innate, inherent, and natural abilities to bless your children and others. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of American Mothers Incorporated, its members, or employees. 
AMI is not responsible for, nor does it verify the accuracy of the information contained in the podcast, nor does the series constitute any professional advice or services. We look forward to visiting with you one mom to another next week. Until then, just do your best at mothering and remember you're not alone. You've got an army of mothers all around you cheering you on.